Well, James, you know, there's a new version of Windows on the block, and rumor is it has rounded corners. Yes, the rounded corners are finally here on every single application, including Notepad, Frank. Notepad, it has it. I'm excited. They actually look good. I was nervous. Like, Windows never changes its Chrome, or I guess, I mean, it does, (laughs) between all the different major versions. But they're usually very careful about it because Windows apps can be a little bit ancient, (laughs) if I'm polite. And it's tricky changing the Chrome of a thing. But, James, they did it. They rounded the corners. It's a little controversial. I, I heard from some Windows developers, they're like, no, no, I need my square corners. So how do you feel about it as a Windows user? I mean, I mean, come on now. I mean, let me just say when when Apple did the Big Sur refresh, I thought it was all very positive. I thought that they brought together a polished experience from start to finish of the operating system. And we'll get hands on with Windows 11, the insider preview later. But I, I do believe that Microsoft, which is the company I work for in which all of opinions are <laughs> myself and not of Microsoft. Let's make that very clear. I work for Microsoft. These are opinions of myself. I believe that so far the Windows team has really delivered on a very cohesive experience from start to finish in at least the built-in applications, and it feels really nice. The rounded corners, when there is an app that doesn't support them, it actually kind of makes me sad because I like them so <laughs> much, and and only because that default experience where everything, right? You launch the Windows thing, and, and, and Panos kind of showed this off. If you launch the Microsoft Store, Photos, settings, news, to do, edge, any other, almost every other application supports it out of the box. And, and it's not only just the apps, it's the widgets, it's the start menu, it's the search menu. It's, it's, it's kind of an entire experience that are built into the fact that even in the, the Microsoft store, when you're on a tab, the, the highlighted parts of the tab have, um, these rounded corners and the little cards have <laughs> rounded corners and it all makes sense. Frank rounded corners. I liked them when I liked them, uh, when, when Google introduced them in materials, I was a big fan of the card view, still a big fan of the card view. And, uh, I I'm really in, I'm enjoying it here on windows 11 so far. And I thought that the keynote Frank beyond the, uh, rounded corners reveal <laughs> was spectacular. I, you know, some people we've talked about it with dub dub, some people like high production value and some people don't. To me, 2021, the year that I love high production videos, blown away. I loved it. I just I just loved the the panos and the floating machines and the, the beautiful <laughs> graph. It was very Johnny Ives in a way. It was like, you know, when Apple used to, and they still do, right? Like when the 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 hardware is coming out of the the water and it's like dripping and it's just amazing and they kind of did that reveal on the windows ui and Mm -hmm. i I thought it was great i I enjoyed uh pano's speech i've enjoyed satya's speech at the end um talking about um windows and impact and and also i thought it was it was nice of a full end-to-end story there was a lot of great integrations that we'll talk about that i thought just really, really were impressive. And that was only one of the two events, like mm-hmm. we talked about last week, that occurred um, for Windows develop, uh, developers and, and for Windows 11 itself. So yeah, I, I love it. I'm in. I'm all in, Frank. Yeah, I actually don't have too much to add to that other than they did a good job. It was off format. I was like, is this a Microsoft video? Like, what what, what is this exactly? Um, because it was um, 
clean. It's, that's such a weird adjective to use. What does that mean? But they did a great production value. Um, they got to the point. There wasn't too much business speak, too much jargon to make your way through. And they had a lot to show off. I think that always helps. When you have a good product to show off, it's just, it makes the whole presentation better. And the product happens to have a gorgeous new glass transparency look to it. So of course, you're going to make your video gorgeous to match the product. It, it, it makes sense. And it was good to see them uh, promoting Windows the way it deserves to be promoted. I think I was a tiny bit put off at Build that there wasn't enough Windows content, but now I see why they've been holding back on Windows 11. So whatever, timing and all that. But Windows events are always a big deal to me. I was alive. I was alive. I was um, nerding on computers in 1995 when Windows 95 came out. And that was such a huge deal. I mean, you talk about graphical updates. That was a 16-bit to 32-bit update. That was... Uh, 24-bit color over like 16 color <laughs> mm-hmm. that we had before. It was that kind of thing. I'm not going to say Windows 11 is that over Windows 10, but um, Windows does deserve these good refreshes from time to time. And I, I get excited for them. I'm not a Windows user. Everyone knows that. Mm. But at the same time, I love Microsoft. and <laughs> Windows will always have a little place in my heart, even though I don't use it every day. But I'm going to also talk about how I rushed out to get this thing installed, just because I'm always here for new stuff. Yeah, the uh, I-, I was using the word fresh. Seems very fresh. fresh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I like this. They, they talked about a lot about like cutting through the complexity to bring simplicity, uh, which is which is good marketing jargon. But I like it. There's a lot of things <laughs> that are much more organized from start to finish well, and especially like in and out of settings and menus yeah. and even the finder experience. It's the small things that you use every day. Like I do use the browser every day, but at the same time, I'm always searching for things and I'm always inside of file browsers and I want those to be like a similar experience um, that has been thought about with with a lot of thought. Thought about with a lot yeah. of thought, if you will. Good, but, yeah, good, yeah, good thinking. Um, oh. we, <laughs> the Finder, I think, is one of the best examples because the whole simplicity thing, Finder was always pretty good. I always liked the Windows Finder. It was fine. Um, but I didn't like it when they added the ribbon, to be 100 million percent honest. Um, I thought... There was this thing that's actually pretty simple, and they made it look really complicated, and I thought it was just a little bit of overkill. So one of the simplifications they did is the Finder toolbar is like five or six distinct icons that are like the operations you want to do rename, delete, (laughs) copy, paste. They're the things that you actually do in Finder. I was a little put off at first because they did an Apple thing and did a dot, dot, dot menu. No matter how wide you make the Finder window, and I should say, I'm talking about a preview right now. It's All this can change. But uh, no matter how wide you make the window, there was still a dot, dot, dot menu. And I hate hate hamburger menus in all (laughs) forms. But the things they hid under it, I'm like, yeah, I don't really use those fine like they put properties under it i do use properties from time to time but i get why that one got put in the dot 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 menu in the name of uh cleanliness and simplicity and going back to basics it's because if you use properties you right click and go to properties usually so i I know but the mac has turned me into a left clicker (laughs) (laughs) oh i see gotcha yeah you know i um I, i walk through a lot of this and and through the keynote, I enjoyed that 
cohesion that they they put on it. And I think you're you're talking about that a little bit with the new new icons and new bars and new placements because those icons are the same everywhere in the UI. Like inside of settings, inside of other areas, the properties, the options, the cutting, the new, it's very cohesive and that and it and that's why to me it felt fresh um from the videos but i think that they broke it down into you know not only the the new look and feel which i think we'll get into even more uh with the task bar the start bar um they didn't even go into settings but settings we'll talk about (laughs) in depth later because it's glorious (laughs) they talked about gamings and new hdr stuff and a whole bunch of new stuff too and the new store but i think they also talked about heavily that the microsoft store there's two things one is there i'm excited well which one is the biggest in news for you so let let me let me have you talk about what you think are the biggest things with the microsoft store okay i think i know which two you're talking about so i'm just going to start with the one i'm most interested in uh it sounds like they're going to streamline the ability to put apps up there that aren't necessarily uwp apps so from its earliest days the store only allowed uwp apps some years ago they did start to allow non-uwp apps and we've had episodes at least one episode discussing that because that's how i release kelka mm-hmm. but it's a little bit of a hacky process. You have to apply for it. You have to do some email things. You have to use this weird packaging thing. And it sounds like they are going to add first-party support to first-party, whatever that means in this context. Uh, they're going to make it easier to uh, sell your apps on the Microsoft Store, e- no matter how you wrote them. So I'm imagining there's just going to be a variety of packaging tools for whatever kind of system you want to do. Mm-hmm. This is good news because... We, we've discussed this a million times. I don't really want to run my own store. It's just not what I'm interested in. I want someone else to deal with all the commerce, as Microsoft calls it. It's a cute term. Uh, so I want, I, I want them to deal with the commerce. And I like the flexibility of being able to publish any kind of app that I want. This is especially important in the .NET world, <clears throat> excuse me, where we're adopting like WinUI 3 and things like that, where our apps could be tapping into pretty much any UI framework because there's a million UI frameworks on Windows at this point, and it's hard to keep things so siloed. So from an app developer perspective, I'm super excited that uh, they're getting rid of some of that siloing. I do have a question, and I I don't know how much you're allowed to talk, but uh, it's a tricky one. I wonder if this new openness will also apply to Windows 10. That would be great because... um, uh, you know, th- there's going to be an update rate for Windows mm-hmm. 11. It'd be nice to be able to support people on Windows 10 also. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure at all, to be honest with you. I, I have tested my uh, my stream timer. And actually, if you it, once you get the new store, like when you when you when you do get Windows 11, it has the old store and then it updates to the win- the Microsoft Store preview. The, the pages are beautiful and the my stream timer pages is, is gorgeous, too. And that app is works out of the box, rounded corners and all. And that's just a traditional <laughs> UWP app. And that was a, a WPF app running uh, Donet Core that I did the MSX bundling and whatnot in. Aha. Uh-huh. But then I changed it to UWP just for simplicity. And now I'm, I'm glad, like you were saying, that anything's going to work. They say in the blog, if you built it in Win32, a PWA, UWP, or any other app framework, <laughs> you can put it in there. And the thing that you didn't mention is that now, um, 
Microsoft's only going to take a 85, 15% cut of revenue share, or you can bring your own commerce platform like Stripe if you wanted to, and you keep 100% of revenue. Right. So shots, that one shots I was... fired. <laughs> yeah, gosh. I'd hate to work in Silicon Valley right now. <laughs> it's a little weird because uh, a lot of this stuff is dunning supposedly for my benefit and all app developers benefits out there but i'm in that weird camp where i'm not big enough that i want to run my own commerce store but if you're doing anything with subscriptions uh, i could definitely see why you would want to do this if you're managing your own digital rights and things like that i totally get why you would want to run your own commerce for me that's personally just not the kind of apps that i write so this doesn't affect me so much but yeah, like you said, shots fired. <laughs> Apple, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if Apple has a response to this. It's sounding like no <laughs> so far. But um, yeah, I don't know. Are, are you going to add comp- Stripe to your app? No, I, I'll use no. the built-in <laughs> built-in stuff and it'll work great just yeah. as it always has uh, <laughs> with the platform. However, you know, I, I do believe that this will enable different types of scenarios and different types of applications that want to want to do their own thing. And this, the Stripe SDK is, is beautiful. If you ever looked at the dot, even the .NET SDK, it's absolutely gorgeous. So yeah. if you did need to do it, it's not that hard. But there are many, many enterprises that have their own systems in place because they sell stuff on the web. And I don't sell stuff mm-hmm. on the web, so it doesn't matter <laughs> too much to me. Uh, so there's that part of it. Uh, and I think that's really neat. You know, we'll talk more about the developer event again, but the, the second big one is, uh, at some point in time, you're going to be able to run Android apps on windows. Ooh, double shots fired. (laughs) Is this a response to running iOS apps on Mac? Like I did, I, in some ways we all should have saw this coming because Microsoft has not been bashful about saying like, Oh, we want to make it, I mean, what they were working on running iOS apps on Windows at one point. They've uh, been working on porting your Android apps to Windows. They were mm-hmm. trying to make that easier. This is just the, uh, that amazing business step. I, I almost more business marvel at this than technology marvel at this because they struck a deal with um, uh, Amazon, which I kind of love. Mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest Unite. Yeah. You know, we got we to gotta take down California. So <laughs> I like that. It's kind of weird because honestly, I don't remember what the status of iCircuit is on the Amazon store. So I got Mm. some work to do as an app developer to make sure all my apps are actually on the Amazon store. But from a user's perspective, this is amazing. This is, uh, you're just, you're getting a whole bucket of apps, a huge bucket of apps. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, this sort of follows the same route. A lot of people reach out to me and they're like, well, like if you can just run your Android apps, like, you know, why would you do what we were just excited about running these native apps? (laughs) And oh, immediately it's the same thing as on iOS, right? Yes, you can run your iOS apps directly on Mac OS, but just like Apple says, it's much preferred if you were to do a catalyst application or of course a native application too, to light up those native integrations. And, you know, for me, um, I'm I'm not going to run like my stream timer as an Android app. That's going to be a native application. And and at first, if I don't have a Windows app, I may do the Android app first, but then work on the native app. So I get native in-app purchases and native notifications. And I don't know what the extent of the Android native integration realm is. Yeah, They showed off them running and TikTok and, and Khan Academy and a bunch of other stuff, which is amazing. 
Um, and it's using the Windows subsystem for Android based on <laughs> the Intel bridge technology. So it's not only just an Amazon partnership, but also an Intel partnership uh, too. And apparently, I, I think they said it also runs, everything runs on AMD as well. Some, somehow, I, I don't know. It's all magic to me. It's it's <laughs> because, you know, I understand what Apple did to get the iOS apps working. But to, to me, this is bananas. Like it is just so cool. And I think from a consumer perspective, I think it's great because, you know, there's apps that I don't have on Windows, like my security camera one or other ones. And I don't like their website. Like their websites are bad yeah. because they're an app first company. And this means that I will be able to get an app first, you know, approach if I need to. My plan is to run as minimal Android apps as I can and, and obviously go for the native apps first, possibly. But I know that there's not always going to be, you know, the app that I want on on Windows. Just like for me, guess what? Overcast wasn't available on Android. And it's my favorite <laughs> podcast application or, or you know, um, our, uh, I, our uh, continuous. I forget all the names of your apps. You have too Thanks. many. Continuous, <laughs> right? You know, it's like, how do I get continuous? Well, you can't get it, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Um, but this is, this to me is, is cool. And, and what I think is awesome going into .NET MAUI, right, this fall with first class support for Windows and Mac and iOS and iPad and iOS and Android is, yeah, you get to now do all of them from that single code base if you're in the .NET ecosystem. So I do think from a developer perspective, at least a .NET developer perspective for cross-platform, this is super cool. And getting those native integrations because guess what? My stream timer, again, I go back to what Miguel said about native applications. How much work did I have to do to get my stream timer to light up with rounded corners and native stuff on Windows 11? Nothing. It just works, you know, because native UI. Yep. Yep. Actually, I mean, that was a little bit of my joke when I first got it running was I had to start VS Code because that is not a native UI. And I was like, did they get the rounded corners? And they did. They got yep. the rounded corners too. But yeah, I mean, your point's taken. It's interesting running Android apps on Windows. A lot of funny issues are definitely going to come up that we as mobile developers are going to have to deal with. Uh, just porting things to Catalyst, you start to realize like, oh, my app doesn't work great when it's super wide or if it's super tall. Well, mm. most apps work fine if they're super tall, but you know, window sizes, you probably don't have too many. You have overall device dimensions variety in the Android world, but you don't have shape variety. There's just not that much. So resizable windows, will they come? I'm really curious to see uh, what version of Android Windows broadcasts itself as. Mm. <laughs> like, hey, are, are you Android 4.2? <laughs> like all the other Androids. Uh, it'll be fun to see how they update over the years. Like, are they going to are they going to become a newer Android? It's it's a little weird uh, running mm. a second operating system. And again, they're using that amazing feature of the uh, the kernel that it has the subsystem component in it. I bet you it's very similar to the Linux subsystem since Android is Linux-based. I bet you it's really not too different. Yeah, Just more of an issue of drivers and all that. Uh, so, yeah, and with, the, with Maui coming up, I almost feel like iOS and Android are like your kind of first run targets now. It's a little tricky because, again, this this is a Windows 11 feature as far as I understand. So it's not going to help Windows 10 people. Mm -hmm. But if, if you're willing to target the newest, um, 
boy, I would start with Android and iOS and then get that Windows version, <laughs> get that native Windows version out afterwards. Yeah, that's what people were asking me. And it's like, oh, yeah, if I have an Android version and I don't have a Windows version today, yeah, I'm going to do the Android version, right? I'm going to get that in the yeah. store and um, then I'm going to work on the Windows version. And, and yeah, I'm assuming, you know, if we kind of looked, you know, Apple, you know, when when they we only have like a iOS app it's on a different tab. I have no idea what that's going to look like because in the insider preview, it doesn't have Android apps at all. So mm -hmm. we don't, we don't know yet what that experience is going to look like. We've only seen some videos. Um, but yeah, for me, I definitely, I definitely want the flexibility of customizing that UI and with the double down on the Microsoft store and the investment on developers, there's a whole developers event afterwards, which is quite long and nice. Um, I'm really open to see a, a renaissance in, in Windows applications again. Um, it, it's my daily, right? I, I wrote in my newsletter, I'm like, it's, it's my daily <laughs> driver and it's here. And there's there's nothing like snapping Windows back and forth. And um, they, they, <laughs> they improve that too, by the way. We're talking about snap layouts. Uh, that's one of my new favorite features that they, they talked about is built into the box. There are six different layouts that they've optimized and I've been using Power Toys for all that, and this is way nicer because with Power Toys, you can only have one layout as the main focus point, but this one, you can have these six readily available, and there's a double lane, a, a, a two-thirds, one-third, a triple lane, you know, a, a four up, down, left, right, um, <laughs> you know, a small, medium, small, and so all sorts of good stuff. Like when you just hover over the bar, it just shows, and you can snap around things. So I'm excited for that because I have this huge widescreen monitor, which <laughs> at the developers event, they showed just everything on a widescreen monitor. And I thought that was so cool because it's like, oh yeah, like I'm going to be using this on my widescreen monitor is going to be awesome because I still think Windows does Windows best and snapping way over Mac OS. It's one of my things that I pet peeve on Mac OS, like just snap uh, a window, just snap it. There's an app for that. <laughs> I do. I have one, but like, I, okay. but, but like iPad OS, I know, I Got know. Wait, it. they, they did improve it in iOS 15. Honest to goodness. It, it's been improved. No, but, but I'll yeah, get it on Mac OS. Uh, yeah. I'm not arguing. <laughs> Come on. The Come original, on. the original Apple operating system that had windowing support, improve the windowing. Come on, Apple, you got this. Oh my goodness. I, Anyways. Uh, let, let, let me uh, say something positive. Uh, my favorite feature of Windows 11, and maybe you've noticed this because I think you said that you put it on your Surface Go. Yep. And this is only a feature I found out if you're using your Meet Thumb to interact with the computer. When you drag a window, it recesses, like it animates recess. Oh, yeah. Just like in a oh, Mac, yeah. it has like full frame animation going on. Oh, yeah. And that is good because Windows 10 was a decent touch UI, you know, no, no real big complaints on it. But every so often there would be a lag or you couldn't tell if you quite gripped something correctly. Mm -hmm. This is a huge affordance. Like it's very obvious. You've grabbed that window. Now move it around. It's, it's fun. I like it. I, I'll take any little animation like that. It sounds so small, but on a touch UI, you really need those bits of feedback because you're like, is my finger wet? Like, are you tracking me? What's mm. going on? Yeah, they, they did say they increased the touch uh, areas and opti optimize it quite a bit. And and I've been having great success with that um, on on this on this device so far. And yeah, I would say the animations, besides the UI refresh, the reason I say it feels fresh and alive more is because of those animations. And 
and this was really neat. And Panos did talk about this, about how they, they put these animations throughout the operating system. So one thing is like when you hover over icons in the bar, like some of them, they all like do a little bit of something like the search. (laughs) It actually like the, the little mirror like lights up a little bit. And when you tap on it, it does a little animation. It like lights up. And when you hover over anything, it does that too. But what I think is really neat is like, if you open up, um, maybe it's, it's finder or, or anything like anything that has like a back button or a new button, like there's like little tiny animations just spread throughout the operating system or like the settings. That's a a great example. I love settings. Um, let's talk about settings. That's a great (laughs) example where like, if you're deep into something, you can just like, if you just hover over, you get a little animation when you click back, it does a little animation. You know, when you actually just launch an app, it does a little animation. When you, when you minimize it, it does the shrinking like Mac OS, it shrinks it down. It brings it up. My new favorite thing on animations, if you just like take, take that window and you move it to the left or to the right, like you're going to pin it, it does this like mirror glass, see-through, very apple um, blur behind it. Oh, it's so pretty. It's just... Can I correct you? Yeah, what is it? That blur? That was from Vista, baby. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a, slightly a, different, but um, the I wish people had seen the original renderings of Vista. It did not come out the way it was supposed to come out, and the artist did a smashing job with the glass effect back then. Uh, it was a part of the arrow mm. design. Oh, yeah. I What are they calling it? This, this one's not called glass, is it? It, it, they did give it a name, I think. I think it's but just either, updated Fluent UI. Yeah. Well, I'm sp- speaking specifically of the transparency. Oh. Um, this was, I have seen this transparency before, but it got shut down. So it's actually really wonderful to see it come back. Mm. And so I'm personally, I think of it as the Vista <laughs> transparency, uh, but done in, in a slightly more modern version. It was slightly more gaudy back in the day. But yeah, it looks absolutely great. Um, yeah, they're winning on snapping. I'll, I'll give you that, James. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, what else do we have in here? They talked about uh, the things that we don't have in this preview is I am I am really, 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 really excited for the Teams integration because I feel like that's the iMessage mm. version that they're going to build into Windows. It's on your phone. It's everywhere. That's really neat to me. Um That'll be, uh, that seems really nice. They also have um, widgets. They got widget support. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the widgets are a little funny. As far as I could tell, they're just Microsoft widgets. I don't think developers can get into them just yet. But, I mean, it's begging for developer integration. So hopefully that'll be possible. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, there are, at least on this one, they added some stuff to Windows 10. There's like a little bottom right, like, weather thing and and it has like top stories (laughs) and it's it's similar and has rounded corners but you there's a button on this one that says add widgets and you can add some other things into it like photos and weather and watch lists of stocks and traffic and calendar stuff so yeah i have no idea i'm 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 excited to see if they do open that up at some point for for devs to to get into because I mentioned, I didn't know anything about widgets, but I was I was in the last podcast talking about widgets because of this thing they did on Windows 10 and the recent update. And I was like, man, I hope that we get expanded widgets. And what do you know, Frank, we got expanded widgets. So that's, I don't know, I'm in. 
I'm all in. As you can see, I'm I'm really enjoying. It's been years. It's been five, six, seven years, however long <laughs> since we had Windows 10. I love Windows 10. It's my daily driver. I love, I love it, right? And this wow. to me just feels nice. I'm excited. Yeah, I think that's why everyone's nervous because Microsoft has a bad record of the TikTok cycle with these operating systems. And so we're like, Windows 10 was good. Absolutely, we want new things. But Windows 11, we're all a little bit nervous about. That's why I'm being especially critical. I'm like, okay, what did you change? Where is my cheese? Mm. All that important stuff. But let's talk about that settings app real quick. I just have to give a shout out to it because settings on Windows has always been a little tricky. Back in the day, we had the control panel. It was never that great of a place. (laughs) Things were stuck in a lot of dialog boxes. In Windows 8, they tried to improve that with a new kind of mobile uh, inspired design, the Metro settings but it was really weird some settings were in the metro world some were in the uh, control panel world i think windows 10 finally kind of got it right and then uh windows 11 just took it up to 11 the settings app is actually comprehensible right now if i'm a little i love the metro design and the metro aesthetic but it can go wrong and goes wrong quite often um the one that kept happening for me is in Windows Update, it would list 8 million packages it needs to download. And it just looked like a giant text box full of text. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? Now, when you go into it, each of those boxes has, yes, rounded corners with a nice backfill. So it's separated from its neighbors. You can tell it's a distinct object and not just a bunch of text in a text box. Uh, so I am just loving the clean look of the operating system. I don't know where things are. I don't know if they moved my cheese. I'll be very upset if they did, but I'll adapt. <laughs> There's color uh, in this menu and the a, icons. What an odd choice, James. What, what would you possibly use color for? <laughs> I, I, again, the consistency. I, I, I do on Windows 10 enjoy the consistency of the, the look and feel like the icons are all the same. However, these ones have a lot more personality and color to them. And the layout is extremely nice because for me is when I open settings, Frank, here's what I like about it is that I get really important information in these main tabs without having to dive deeper. For example, I go to system. I can see when the last time I checked Windows Update, I can manage my OneDrive, my Microsoft account, and I can rename my device and look at the desktop. If I go into network and internet, I can see what Wi-Fi I'm connected to. I can see what properties, how much data I've used. I don't have to tap something else. I've gone, you know, I've just gone into the main section and it gives me this really pertinent information without having to go deeper. And that's like a consistent theme. Like if I go into um, Bluetooth and devices, it shows me all of my connected devices with nice imagery. Like this is a mouse. This is a keyboard. (laughs) You know, it's paired. It's not paired without having to go deeper into additional settings. You know, same thing with personalization right up top. You can select a theme to apply and that'll apply like things that you would want to do often or sort of right at the at your fingertips. And I thought that was a really nice touch of settings besides the organization and the sort of breath of fresh air that was was blown into it. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, and you keep bringing up the icons, and I want to say something before I forget because okay. I've forgotten twice already. Um, Microsoft released a new icon font 
So what we've been using up till now has been called like Sago symbols. Icons. I don't know something. I think Sago symbols, something like that. Well, which is good. It has all it has all your classic icons that you could want, but there is a new one that is matching the look of Windows mm. 11. And I'm so sorry with all that lead up, I've forgotten its name <laughs> because you don't really need to know the font itself. In a UWP app, symbols just have names. There's an enum out there for all yeah. the symbols, and you can just use that in your code. But there is a new font out there, just FYI, if you ever want to go browsing through. And there are documentation pages listing all the iconography and all that. So just a shout out out there. If you are hard coding the font into your apps, you might want to update to this one to get the new iconography. As far as I know, it's just the two-tone, just the um, the black and white ones. It's not the new colorful ones. But keep an eye out also for the Visual Studio icon packs that always come out with a release of Visual Studio. I think this is a year for a new Visual Studio. I honestly can never keep up. But uh, when they do have a new Visual Studio, chances are they'll have a nice icon pack to go with it. You know something that's really cool? Okay, so... Hmm. Um, on the bottom right of your Surface Go on your Windows 11, you know you where you see like Wi-Fi, um, yeah. the battery, and the mm -hmm. volume? Uh, yeah. Tap on that. It's one thing. Yes, it's a control panel. I thought it was very iOS, if, if I'm honest, <laughs> but I love it. I love it because these are the things that you want. But even better, it's a configurable control panel. Uh -huh. So uh, I know when I was learning new languages, I was bouncing between two keyboards constantly. And it's nice to be able to two tap switch your keyboard. I wonder if you... Yeah, two taps. That's plenty. So you can add keyboard switching. What do they have? They have network, Bluetooth, airplane mode, battery saver, focus. All computers need focus now. <laughs> uh, volume, brightness, accessibility. But those are customizable. There are other ones yeah. too. Yeah, I, I do like it because that taskbar area has been getting kind of nasty lately. <laughs> lately, yeah. And I think this is definitely an improvement. Yeah. And, and they really sort of made things look and feel correct. Like if you go to the, if you tap on the Wi-Fi, there's a little arrow, which would bring you into the Wi-Fi settings. If you tap on the volume thing, it can select the output. Here's my new favorite feature though. See on the bottom right of that little pop-up, there's all settings. There's a little gear tap on that and just watch that animation. It flew off to the right edge and then nothing happened. <laughs> oh, it's supposed to launch settings. Oh, settings was already up. Let me oh, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so it does this like cute animation. I think that's what they're really going for. These yeah. things throughout um, the operating system, again, to make it feel a little bit more alive. So that, that one's a, a cute little animation. And I've been starting to see them here and there um, throughout the operating system. And just, you know, I like I like the look and feel of it. Like I said, it looks feels modern. It does feel like Windows. Like, you know, I think that some people might think that maybe there's a more of like a mac os look to it but i do think they're very distinct and different um when i'm just using it every single day and i think the finder is is a great example because i actually don't like finder i, I like how i call the, the finder the file explorer yeah, I, I, on Windows. I noticed <laughs> yeah I, finder is a, is a pretty decent name for it but the file explorer i think is a is a lot better on windows i always get just confused on finder on mac like i don't know how to navigate around or go up or anything it's just so confusing. Like I just understand windows and, um, 
it makes me happy and it makes me happy. Like I just went up to desktop and I see control panel has a new icon and network and the recycle bin and this computer, like, I don't know. It just makes me feel happy when I see everything updated and cohesive and just, I don't know. It feels nice, Frank. It feels nice. It does. I will say we have lost someone though. We have lost tiles. There are no longer tiles just dancing around in the start menu. But there's pinned. There's pinned apps. Yeah, you you still have your start menu. Like all that's still there all the time that you put into designing that. They're just not doing their cutesy little dance or, you know, telling telling you to watch the football game or whatever it is the tiles do. That's what widgets are for. <laughs> I don't think you can write a widget. I don't think no, that's I, I don't, do it. I don't think so. But. Yeah. Yeah. At least at least that's what they didn't talk about the the Windows developer event, which uh which I thought was great. Anyways, I'm 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 all in, Frank. I love it. I love it. Oh, multi-desktop support. What do you think? Oh, um, sure. You know, it's one of those things. I never grew up with multi-desktop, so I just don't yeah. use it that much. Um, I tend to get lost. Like I'll I'll do multi-test desktop, use one desktop create another, use that one, create another, use that one, and just completely forget that all those other ones exist. But that's all on me. (laughs) That's my fault. I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm the same. Um, I was, I was making the video and I was, I was doing some stuff with it. I was like, Oh, this is it. I like that you can drag and drop windows and do this other stuff and feels cool. I want to get used to it. I do feel as though there's an opportunity there to be like, Oh, like this is my gaming one, or this is my podcast setup, And I have all my podcast stuff there yeah. because it keeps all of your pinned items per desktop. So I could, you know, instead of cluttering my, my start menu or my taskbar on the bottom with everything, it's custom to that profile. Basically it's like a profile inside of it. So that's super neat. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm liking it, Frank. Can I give a can I give my favorite developer feature? Yeah. ARM 64 emulation through a compatible X64 ABI. Can I break that down? Yeah, sure, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh Windows had technology before uh to run X, uh, X32 and maybe X64 code on an ARM device mm. just like Rosetta on the Mac. Microsoft had it. It wasn't quite as advanced as Rosetta. I'm going to I'm going to do a little dig there. Uh but Microsoft came back swinging, swinging hard, James. So what they now have, they changed their ARM64 ABI, which is your application binary interface. It's how you call functions in a programming language. Specifically, how do you pass arguments using which registers? How do you return values using which registers? Depending on data types, how do you store data? That's called the ABI. Well, they changed their ARM64 ABI to be much more similar to their uh, Intel 64-bit ABI. What does that mean? It means you can have one process that is running both ARM64 and Intel 64 code at the same time. That is is a systems programmer a little magic trick that's a little <laughs> bit of show-offy if, if if i may but they had a really good argument for why they need to be able to do this there are some very ancient windows apps out there that have plugins for them that aren't necessarily recompilable you know mm. the source code might be gone the developer's gone but 
Windows is ancient. The apps on it are sometimes ancient too. And people got to keep running those. So there was a real roadblock to updating apps to be ARM apps because maybe a plugin or something wouldn't work with it. Now that's not a barrier anymore. The app can be written in ARM64 and the plugin can be written in Intel 64. It's kind of crazy, but I think it's really cool what they managed to pull off here. It does mean that if you want, if you have an ARM64 app right now on Windows, you'll probably want to compile it with this new ABI to take advantage of this new capability. Then again, if you don't, if you know for sure you're never going to need Intel 64-bit code, then uh, you don't have to. But I just think it's a real tech wizardry thing. Uh, yeah, whenever they do crazy stuff like that it always blows my mind like how's how's that even it. possible it's just yeah. yeah like it's called an application binary interface because it's down to the chip level it's saying this register should be used for the very first floating point argument of these kinds of functions you know it's that kind of argument the arm chip and the intel chip they're similar but they're totally different <laughs> so how do you make an abi match between those two i i can't wait to read the spec on it <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh yeah I I think that this you know update and some core underlying things like with WSL WSLG the subsystem for Android like the ARM support it does feel and we're gonna reuse these words all the time like this mm. f- fresh you know version <laughs> but there's there's a lot here you know it's more than just a, a visual redesign there's a lot under the hood that is taking place to really, really uh, make it feel like a next next gen of oh, true 11, like a true 11. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm excited. You know how excited I am, James? I bought a new computer to run it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I was deciding my, my Windows computers were getting a little long in the tooth, if I may. Um, and I decided I... You know, the, the good news is um, RAM hasn't really changed in years. Yeah. Hard drives haven't changed. Power supplies haven't changed. So I was actually able to reuse a whole bunch of uh, components, and I built myself a cheap new Windows machine just to run my Windows 11. Because though I love my Surface Go, Surface Go, you are a wonderful computer. <laughs> you are also slow. <laughs> and I just wanted a, a nice uh, zippy Windows machine. So I'm all excited to get going on that. Good. Yeah. You know, uh, I haven't, I have it on a few of my devices. I'm still like, there's different requirements, like for, for all sorts of different things, like any operating system. And I, I use my main machine, my desktop as my main driver. And I've been thinking about putting it on it. I'm not hundred percent sure, <laughs> but I have it on my services. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just like play with that at least for a week and just like see how I feel before you know, at least try all the apps yeah. that I'm using to podcast, to do videos, to do streaming. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, I needed to do all the things. And so yeah. far from just the first day or two, it's seeming like everything is working because, you know, when you went from, for all the updates of windows 10 over the years, I never feared that anything was really going to break. And so far it doesn't really seem like anything is broken because fundamentally it's not like we were going to a new app model or to a new thing like i don't know what under the hood magic is there but it still feels like it's windows at the end of the day just like when i upgraded to um the big sur it's still mac so all my mac apps worked (laughs) it it didn't feel like there's breaking changes right it just felt like there was additions 
and some wizardry, like you're saying, to make things look brand new and and perform and have these, you know, transparencies and, and all these new UI look and feel to them. So to me, I'm feeling really good about it is what I'm saying. (laughs) No, I think it's complete trash. I'm just kidding. No, I just praised it for 40 minutes. Of course I like it too. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, did they give a release date? I think they said next year. Uh, so they'll probably be doing previews for a while. It's been really stable for me. I don't know if I'd put it on my main machine. Like I, I haven't put Monterey on my main machine. Mm-hmm. I'm a little more hesitant with that. That's why I just bought another computer. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a, a good way of looking at it. Is I have, I've always had these other laptops sitting around, so it's fun to play with it. It's record, what I record the video on. And I take the Surface Go with me uh, everywhere around, so that'll be really nice to use. Uh, anything else you want to talk about Windows 11 about? Did we miss anything? The dev event was great. I'll put links in the show notes. It's on It's on YouTube. Um, you know, they showed a bunch of new features, obviously, of development of different technologies, whether it be .NET or PWAs or, or you know, games or things like that. But um, anything else you want to talk about? Uh no, I'm I'm sure it's going to be coming up as time goes on, because, especially when I try to find out if iCircuit is going to run on it. That's the great experiment I'm doing here. So I'm sure we're going to be talking lots of Windows 11 coming up. Exciting year. .NET 6, Windows 11, crazy stuff afoot. It's all new, new, new. Yes, I am. I'm all here for it. Um, well, let us know in the show notes, you know, leave us a comment, go to mergeconflict.fm, comment on the show. You can write us an email, you can go to our discord, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can do all the things. Just let us know. What's your experience? Are you digging windows 11 so far? Are you going to put out some new apps? You're going <laughs> to install it. Are you going to buy a new CPU like Frank did? Who knows? Um, we should go into computer building maybe next week because, um, I'm, I'm oh, fascinated because yeah. in the past, when you wanted to uh, create a new machine, you had to basically get everything new, like you're really everything. So it's been a while since I built a new rig. Uh, so the rig I have is actually a, a rig that my friend Jesse built and gave to me ah. because it was better than the rig that I built. So I recycled some of those parts, but I never know. I don't understand before we get out of here. I don't understand. Let's say, <laughs> let's say I just have a motherboard and a hard drive in there. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Am I able to just upgrade the CPU and everything still works? Uh, yeah, actually, um, that wasn't always the case, but most operating systems are pretty resilient to it. The worst thing that can happen is you might have to re-enter your Windows license key huh. or something like that. Um, but even then, I've there are times where I did not have to do that, which was a small miracle because, as far as I knew, that was based on like Ethernet addresses or something. But whatever. Um, uh, yeah, it works. I don't want to get say it works a hundred percent of the time, but yeah, you actually can do that. I tried to do that myself and completely failed. However, <laughs> so I ended up doing a clean install, but I did try and failed for unknown reasons. I should say there is one tiny difference in Windows 11. It's it's 64 bit only. Huh. That really won't affect anyone. But I just it was occurring to me just as you were doing the outro, and I was like, there was one last thing that developers have to consider, but. We've all been doing 64-bit for a while. I haven't run a 32-bit app in years, so I can't imagine how many people that's going to affect. No, I mean, it's literally a button. And like when you when you compile a <laughs> Windows app, you it does it by default. So 
Yeah, it would have to be some pretty ancient software running. But either way, we could do a hardware episode anytime because I find building PCs to be one of the most enjoyable experiences. I love building PCs. It's, yeah, it's great. I had fun doing it today. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I also, you know, the, the thing when you build a PC, the best moment, by the way, is like when you get to the end, you put the case on and then you hit the button <laughs> and nothing happens. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> you're like, oh no, what did I do? And then you, I shouldn't have super glued it shut. <laughs> you open, you open up the rig and then you realize that you swapped the reset and the like on power button, oh. like one tiny pin. Like I do that all the time. Yeah. Like it's I just never like, made that mistake, but it's so possible because there's like 8,000 pins and yeah. two of them are the power <laughs> pins. <laughs> that happens to me like every single time. I'm like, oh my goodness. Or like I'll have like a RAM that's like not set in all the way or something like that. I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness. So Classic. <laughs> uh, anyways, cool. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. And yeah, let us know what you're thinking about everything going on in the Windows 11 world. And I'll put a link to the, the keynotes, the developer event, and my YouTube uh, video that I did where I broke down stuff and talked about running Visual Studio 2022 and debugging applications, which is super cool, right on Windows. Everything's working great. It's awesome. Um, Android emulators with Hyper-V are all working great. Um, everything's working great. That's what I'm saying. I'm super excited. That's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>